0: Welcome to the She Lives Fearless podcast. This is Holly Newton, and I, along with my co-host, Dina DeLisa Gonser, are diving into conversations this summer with special guests who have written books that we love and think that you will benefit greatly from. We'll we'll be having conversations with them um, about their books and getting practical tips for you to apply the things that they're writing about. So let's dig into our first interview with Rachel Adams, the author of a little goes a long way.
1: Writer and podcaster, Rachel Adams started her ministry to help women realize their God-given purpose and significance. Rachel is the host of the Love Offering podcast, where she centers her conversation around encouraging women to see how their little bit goes a long way. Her book entitled, A Little Bit Goes a Long Way, is comprised of 52 devotionals to help women see their value through God's eyes. She and her husband, Brian, run a family business and farm in Kentucky with their two children, Will and Kate, and two doodle dogs. I even hear there is some RV living thrown in the mix. Well, (laughs) welcome, Rachel, to the She Lives Fearless podcast. Hey, thanks
2: for having me again. It's a pleasure to be with you guys always.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I have to ask before we start getting like the heavy hitting questions, what is the RV <laughs> story that we hear about? So we, we actually are not in the RV
2: anymore. We were building okay. a house on a awesome. farm, a 45 acre farm. And so we did live in the RV for an entire year as we were building um, and we loved every ounce of it. And sometimes we even miss it. We did finally sell it um, But it, oh, was, wow. it simplified life so much. It brought us closer together, you know, literally and physically. <laughs> and um, but now we are enjoying the new house, like being able to really just invite people in and and really create a home and some memories in a home. But the RV was certainly a memory we'll never forget.
1: Yeah, for <laughs> sure. I feel like people are on the opposite side where they're like, I want to sell everything, get rid of everything and get mm-hmm. into an RV and just like, you know just go, but you did the opposite. And where you had that experience first, and I love it. (laughs) I love it. I love the simplified life. Well, I mean, tell us a little bit about how you got started in your particular ministry, because this seems um, to be a very specific topic that God placed on your heart.
2: Yeah, well, I started the podcast um when I was sitting in my church pew and there was a love offering envelope in front of me. And I felt like the Lord speaking to my heart and the still mm-hmm. small voice, Rachel, you are my love offering. I've mm-hmm. given you my love. And so how are you going to give my love practically and tangibly to the world around you? And honestly, in that moment, I was like, I don't, I don't know, Lord. Like this is hard. It's hard to live out the greatest commandment. It just is especially, you know, in our own sinful, fleshly nature. Um, And so I started just to ask everybody else and I started to have conversations. And so now I'm into the fifth season. And as I had these conversations with people over the years and just in my own life and in my family and my friends, I started to realize that I'm not the only one that doubts what I have to offer. Mm -hmm. So many of us, including just Christian women who... We all should know our identity in Christ, mm-hmm. but we're really still struggling and we're looking around at everybody else and thinking that what we're offering in comparison doesn't matter, that our lives are too small and too mundane and too ordinary to make a big difference. And so I just went to God's word, like, "What God, what do you say about this? Because I um, was really struggling with this tension and really wrestling with it. And so that's kind of how the, the book was was birthed with, through just my own experience and conversations.
1: Um over, over the years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we've been hearing a lot about this shift of perspective, right? Holly, like as you talk Mm -hmm. women at the conferences and such, I feel like we're hearing these threads a lot um, of people just kind of dismissing their everyday life and every, their their seemingly everyday um, interactions and calling them mundane and not realizing what we've been discussing is that's actually kingdom work and laying the foundation. Um, And I'm wondering, why do you think so many people struggle with feeling that their day-to-day life doesn't matter? Do you think it has something to do with the rise of social media or are there other factors at play? I do think it has to do with the
2: rise <laughs> of social media, 100%. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, we're we, there's that saying, we're looking at everybody else's highlight reels and we're looking yeah. at our behind the scenes. So if, when if people are posting like the best part of every single day and... Then we look at our day and we're like, well, I swept the floors and put some laundry in and made a few phone Mm -hmm. calls and like watched my kid at their ball game. You know, what did I do, (laughs) you know, in comparison to what they're doing? And so I do think that it's that way. But you know, what I'm also finding is, is women are comparing our lives to what our lives even used to be in previous seasons. Mm -hmm. So we're almost even comparing ourselves to ourselves. You know, physically you were able to do something that now physically you aren't able to or you used to have children in your home and now that you know you're an empty nester or you used to be working full time and now you're retired and you're looking at your life now and thinking well am I significant now Mm -hmm. Um, and then I even see it in the younger generation I'm hearing well maybe one day when I do get married or one day when I am in college or one day when I am working full time or one day my life will be significant and so we just discount and dismiss where we are in the current season of life um, that that God has us. And so I I find that in all of my conversations. And so I I don't want to demonize doing big things for the Lord, because God certainly works in big, mighty, miraculous ways, Mm -hmm. because He's a big, mighty, miraculous God. But I just don't want us to discount the small ways that He is working in our lives.
0: Yeah. Wow, Rachel. That's really good, and you said something I don't think I've heard coined before yet. Um, that sometimes we compare ourselves to ourselves.
1: Yes, that was a um, good one.
0: Yeah, that that just kind of was a ding, ding, ding for me, <laughs> because um, gosh, I think I think I do that sometimes um now reaching the stage of life i'm in you know i can look back and pick apart my seasons and go oh if i could just have this from this season this from this season i could do so much better <laughs> with what i know now you know what i'm saying to have certain opportunities i've had before and um, but you're so right um we need to watch for that right that that just stuck out at me well rachel you know we think of god so big and all the miracles he performed in the bible you know they're real and this is something we talk about at our conferences too is like this was real life situations like the people you read about in the bible the miracles the all of the stories these were real humans and i think we forget that sometimes mm-hmm. um that it's not just a story that it was real life people and jesus walked this earth um he did miracles, you know, signs and wonders that I I just can't imagine what it would have been like to have been on the earth when he was walking it and what I have recognized him. Um, But I'm I'm wondering, what do you think Jesus did to demonstrate the importance of the little?
2: Holly, this is my favorite thing to talk about. And so (laughs) I'm so glad you teed me up in this way, because, you know, when I started to look at, okay, God, this is how I'm living my life. And then I looked at how Jesus lived his life and he was born as a baby in the tiny town of Bethlehem, never traveled outside a hundred mile radius. And he, if you really look at his life, he probably was a a carpenter with his earthly father, Joseph. I mean, he had a hammer and nail in his hands when he was born. And then it, it never ceases to amaze me that that's how he ended his life as well with nails in his hands. But um you know, and then he he studied the scriptures, did it to train to be a rabbi. He talked with everybody that he met along the road. He shared lots of meals with lots of people. He prayed with people. He held children. He washed feet. He mm-hmm. sat with one woman beside a well and had one cup of water. He went to weddings and funerals and taught in synagogues. And like, I look at my life, I can do most of all those things too. I love to share meals with lots of people. I love to talk to people that I encounter. I love to pray with people. I don't necessarily wash many feet, but I wash lots of clothes and wash (laughs) lots of dishes. You know, I love to attend a wedding. Those are all things that we can still do. And so- I just look and 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 I've said frequently that if if nothing was too insignificant for the Savior of the world, there is nothing that's too insignificant for me and for you, and and so I think he modeled that when he was here, Emmanuel, God with us, and that that's how he. And yes, again, Holly, to your point, he did do many many miracles, but he also uh, made huge impacts with one person um, at a time as he walked along the road.
1: I love that. I guess, I mean, I've thought of it, but I haven't thought of it in such specifics when you bring up like all of the seemingly small things he did, like washing feet, the one-to-one conversations, because I think kind of like we we do in this world, we think of the big Bible stories, the big events, and that's kind of like in life, what gets put on a pedestal is yeah. the big event, the finished product, or um, the large happening, and so we've kind of been trained to kind of look at everything that way, look at the big achievements, and not and forget that well, there were little steps along the way, and there was a lot of obedience along yeah. the way. I have thought with myself, if I can't be obedient in the quieter seasons or what I think is a smaller season, then how could he give me more? Um, but you know, how have you seen God use small things to make a big difference in your own life? Um, you know, I, I was thinking earlier, uh, when
2: Holly, you were talking about in previous seasons, I had a, a situation where I had a, a, a medical scare. And so I was at home and um, in the ho- just in the bed healing for months, and mm-hmm. I wasn't able to do many of the things that I normally consider significant. And so Again, it was a conversation with the Lord. Lord, am I just as important now as I was when I was able to do all the things on the to-do list? Mm -hmm. And I really felt like he was saying, Rachel, you you have inherent significance apart from anything that you do. I love you just because of who you are, not what you do for me. Um, But in that season, so many people prayed for me. They brought meals to my family. They sent me texts and encouraging notes. People just came and sat with me. Um, And it meant so much to me. And and so now my mom actually she's going through a um, uh, cancer, um, and so she is going undergoing ke- chemo treatments, and um, and I just think, well, how am I going to go and love my mom now? And so much of that, it's not necessarily always the right words to say or the right gifts to give, but how often just going and being present with somebody, going and sitting like that ministry of the pre- of presence, I find that just spending time with people just so that. And I even texted my mom the other day. I'm like, I really don't know what to say. And she said, Rachel, it's okay. I just knowing you care and knowing Mm -hmm. you want to be here and knowing you're thinking of me, that's enough. That means so much to me. And so I think little things like that, being present, giving time, um, just letting somebody know that you care in whatever way that is, that is—that goes such a long way, uh, in our hearts. Um, especially when we need it the most. So many of us have some kind of burden, some kind of pain, something we're all carrying. And so the key for me is is to just pray every single day, Lord, how can I see the people in front of me the way that you see them? And is there something that I can do to help meet that need? And I think that it's probably much simpler and smaller than we actually think that it should be.
0: Wow, Rachel, that's really powerful. And you know, I love that you include a little task to do in each devotion in your book. Um and I man, I, that's so important to remember. I, I'm just sitting here taking this in because you know I know people that are undergoing um, situations and and in my mind, I'm like, gosh, I need to come up with something original and unique to do so that they know the impact of how much I care. But you're right. sometimes we overlook the simplicity of just people knowing and just reaching out is really, you know, when when we can't control the outcomes or the situations for others. Just just that thoughtful word or card or just the presence if you can be. And um I think that's really, really important. Uh you've admitted that you are an achiever by nature. So it's so funny because <laughs> I believe that about you, but gosh, looking at your sweet smile and your face, I'm like, she is a <laughs> sexy girl, just so laid back. But I believe what your, your self-proclaimed statement, <laughs> you are mighty behind that smile and gentle spirit. Um, so you've admitted you're an achiever by nature, but you actually recommend that sometimes we need to do less like we're talking about. Um how do you decide, Rachel, where to take rest or set
2: boundaries? Huh. Boundaries is a hot topic, right? Yes. Um, yeah, gosh, um, you didn't tee me up very well on this one. This one is a struggle for me because I'm such a people pleaser and such a, I, I want to like earn God's affection and earn God's love, which I know is not how it works at all, but I still kind of have that tendency. I don't want to miss out on anything. It's kind of that fear of missing out. And so I have a tendency yeah. to be like, okay, yes, yes, yes. I'll do whatever, whatever opportunity comes my way. And, um, you know, cause my greatest fear, you know, talking about she lives fearless, um, you know, you, the parable of the talents where, mm-hmm. you know, you get to heaven one day and I want God to say, well done, good and faithful servant, you know, mm-hmm. not well intentioned mm-hmm. or well thought, but like, well, well done. You did everything that I asked you to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you look at the the one um, person that like buried their talent because they were scared and that's what I, I don't want to do. I don't want to say no to things because I was scared to, to do what he called me to do. And so Um, boundaries are a struggle, but I am learning because I really, even though I'm really passionate about this book and this ministry and, and people in general, I never want to put more of an emphasis on that than my own family and what he's given me to steward in my own home, my marriage, um, my, my children, um, and even just my own physical health. I think so often we can, if we don't set boundaries, then we're, we're not giving everybody else our best selves if we're not taking care of ourselves. And rest is interesting because it's not just getting more sleep. It's 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 walking. It's um, just being in the presence of, of the Lord. And in fact, we, when you were just mentioning earlier, previous question, I'd read a article by Billy Graham, and when he reflected back on his life, he said he would have accomplished so much more if he would have spent more time in God's Word and more time on his knees in prayer rather than. Wow. That's coming from Billy Graham. (laughs) (laughs) And who's, yeah, yeah, for those that don't know him, I mean, he's he's ministered and helped lead thousands of people Mm -hmm. to the Lord. And so when we think about the big things that we want to do for the Lord, he actually felt like spending alone time with God and God's word and praying was the most impactful, effective thing he could have done. And so I just want to remind everybody listening of that, remind myself of that, that sometimes we think we have to go and do and achieve and earn. But maybe it looks like the best part of your day could just be a restful time praying and, and spending some time with the Lord um, and, and hearing him speak to you through his word and through okay. his Holy Spirit.
1: Do you think that plays a little bit into the area of surrender as well? I guess I'm, I'm sitting here thinking of just like recent things in my own life and how there were moments where, you know, I was forced to rest or I was like really um, worried about putting up a boundary, but, you know, I stepped forward and I did it. And in that, in that obedience or in that time, God was, was allowed to work in a sense, it's like I'm always trying to work for him, or um, I'm trying to. I'm um, well, I'm doing this in your name, and I, I've got this. Like, come on, and he's uh-huh. really saying, I didn't ask you to do any of that. I asked you to sit and wait, or to sit and rest. So, because what I'm working on that you don't see with your your eyes, your worldly eyes, I've got going on, and you need to be ready for what I have for you. But we're sometimes we block that. I feel like in in our own, in our own way. <laughs> so that's kind of what I was sitting here. I'm like, oh, that really has a lot to do with maybe just surrendering and remembering that God works um, behind the scenes. Um, and sometimes us stepping in so much and not yielding to those boundaries that he's putting in our heart, like, you know, slow down, watch. Um, we yeah. create like a bigger mountain
0: <laughs> for ourselves. Yeah. I think that's, that's true Dina. I think that's true of a lot of people. I'm just interjecting here (laughs) and that rings true for me too. I I think, you know, it's, it's that surrender of, um, of, well, actually of wrong filters. Sometimes Mm -hmm. Uh, I have to, it's something I check myself with when I start feeling like I'm missing some peace. P E A C E is what filter am I putting on, um, success or and if it's not all about pleasing God and being obedient to him I know I need to readjust some things and it's in that pulling back for we're all achievers all three of us I mean (laughs) we're go-getters but I think there is wisdom in learning when to set some boundaries when to take some time back to get refilled or just make sure we're reset to move forward um anyway
2: yeah I actually you know even the other day I was getting ready to go out of town for an event and I had have this specific index card that my husband wrote to me it's a note he wrote to me almost a decade ago and it's one of like, my most treasured possessions mm-hmm. because it has it the story is, is I was at um, the pool and this woman comes up to me and I only have two children and I had my two children with me at the time. And she looks at me and she says, Rachel, I didn't know you were expecting again. And ah, I wasn't. <laughs> and so, you know, immediately I felt terrible about myself and I went home and instead of going to the Lord, like I should have, I went to my husband to tell him and kind of rehash the whole story oh. and i um, just feeling, you know, down about myself. And Uh, So the next morning, my husband wrote Ephesians 2.10 on uh, this index card. Like, Rachel, you are God's workmanship and what a beautiful work he has created. Uh And so I've kept this index card for, you know, for decades, uh, a decade. and, And so I'd lost it. And I w- searched and searched and searched everywhere because I'd taken it to this um event and it was in my Bible and I thought I'd lost it. And finally, I, had to, I was getting ready to leave and I thought, well, I'm just going to have to maybe have my husband write it all over again for me or something. And then I had this moment where I just I, I had the thought, Rachel, pray about it and I'll help you find it. And literally, <laughs> I mean, I had searched all day high and low for it, prayed about it, and I found it seconds later. And I'm That's not really- making this up. Um, and I, and I, and then after I found it, I felt like the Lord was again, you know, speaking in that still small voice, Rachel, why don't you come to me sooner? Why do you continue to do everything in your own strength? Come to me. I will help you. And so I think, you know, that speaks to what you were saying about surrender. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, Lord, I, I need to depend on you. You have the strength in my weakness. I need yeah. to just, you need to be my first response instead of me trying to do it. All in my own strength, and Holly, what you were saying earlier—it's like sometimes we need to do less so God can do more, and He yeah. really then He gets all the glory. You know, I, I keep trying to do everything and earn and get all the glory for myself, but really, I think He has us in that sometimes in that place of frantic, and
1: um, mm-hmm.
2: and then just we need that reminder that He's He's been there and has has it all under
1: control all along. Absolutely, I love how He comes back and reminds us with stories like like. The one you have, and you have fifty-two devotionals in the book, correct? And I know they range, um, even though it it falls under, um, you know, this certain thought of little goes a long way. There's a lot of lot covered, um, a lot of different topics relating to that. And just like this index card, I don't know if that inspired one of the devotionals in your book. Is there one that's especially meaningful? Whether it was from when you first publish the book or it's changed and this one is hitting home for you now? Is there one that kind of sits in your heart, hides in your heart?
2: Yeah, yeah. I think in different seasons it it yeah. all hits differently. But you know, that that index card, it really is the whole theme of of the book for me, because we have that inherent significance that we are God's workmanship. Apart mm-hmm. from anything that we do, but He did create us to do good works. There is good work for us to do. So for us achievers, like that, that's good news for us. It just kind of comes out of an overflow of of what God has already done for us on 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 the cross and wanting to do it uh, to glorify Him and not ourselves. And so that is kind of the crux of the whole uh, devotional. But I think for me probably, and I, I mentioned it earlier, but what's coming to mind is a little presence goes a long way. And this was a reminder, actually, I had a friend that her son was in the hospital and everybody was going to clean her house and send tons of meals and do all these things. And she said, you know, all of that, it made such a big difference and we felt really, really loved. But the biggest difference, uh, the most loved we felt was when people actually came to sit with us in the hospital. And I actually didn't. And I remember in that moment, feeling just really guilty and convicted. Like I, sh- I should have gone. And mm-hmm. my husband and I say that quite a bit. Like if if we're going to err, we're going to err on being present, you know, mm-hmm. and even being present in our own home, you know, so often y'all, I don't get this right. My daughter, I'll be busy doing dishes and laundry and doing all the things. And my, my even my daughter's like, mom, will you just come and sit with me? Yeah. <laughs> You've not even hugged me yet today. Um, and so I think that that's just such a reminder, even in our own home, um, with people in our community, people just want to be seen. People want to be known. People want to be loved for who they are, not what they do. Um, mm-hmm. And so it really can be as simple as that. And I feel like God loves us the same way. And I think maybe even the reminder for me today is maybe maybe God's saying the same thing. Would you just come and sit with me? Would you just mm-hmm. come and be present? Like I'm present with you all the time. Um, We just come and be with me.
0: That's so good, Rachel. Thank you for being on the podcast today. It's always such a joy to talk to you. And congratulations on such a successful launch of your book. Um, for our listeners today, all of Rachel's links will be in the show notes, so be sure and check it out. This is a great summer read mm-hmm. for all of us to uh, sit with God and uh, really contemplate You know how the little does go a long way. So thank you, Rachel. Thank you all. I appreciate you having me. Thank you for joining us for the first episode of the She Lives Fearless Summer Series. And be sure to check out our website at shelivesfearless.com for the latest on devotional releases, conference news, and of course, the podcast.